Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And a pleasant good afternoon to you and yours on a Tuesday, October 18th, the year 2022. We woke up today with a feel of fall, 44 degrees tomorrow. It's going to be a low of 38 Thursday, a low of 36. So get the old blankets and the, the fireplaces and let's rock and roll. Um, fall is upon us. It is great to be here with you. Uh, we got a busy show planned for you and yours, so let's not waste any time with it. My main man, James Mesh, in the producer's seat, spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons on the uh, in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on in 1041 in Lake Charles. We're streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can always pop on your television set because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, the Houston Astros will get the National, uh, the American League Championship Series underway tomorrow. They still are having to wait to see who they play because Game 5 between the Yankees and the Cleveland Guardians was postponed last night because of rain and inclement weather. Uh, They will play game five this afternoon a little bit after three o'clock our time um so we shall see as we wait meanwhile the national league championship series gets underway tonight with the phillies taking on the padres um so stay tuned for for that one um LSU football and the old, well, of course, that'll be on Wednesday, Philadelphia and San Diego, along with Houston and either the Yankees or uh, Cleveland. Um, LSU football getting ready to take on Ole Miss, another top 10 team coming into uh, Tiger Stadium, a team with uh, an offense that can run it. And run it very, very well. A defense that gets after the pre- uh, after the quarterback very, very well. Um, they're they're one of those teams that can do it on both sides of the ball. They uh, certainly um, lead. Uh, they're second in the SEC in sacks with nineteen. Uh, LSU is a narrow one point favorite in the ball game, according to the lines at SI Sportsbook. The over under mark 64 and a half for the matchup. So um, they expect a pretty good high scoring game on that one. We'll talk with Matthew Bruni um, all about that coming up here at about 2.15, so about 12 minutes from now. Um, The NBA is back in earnest, starting with a doubleheader 
tonight. Philadelphia is in Boston, and the Lakers are at Golden State. Ali Cassell will join us at around 2.30 this afternoon uh, as the Pelicans will get underway tomorrow, October night, Wednesday, October 19th, with a 6.30 tip against the Brooklyn Nets. So it'll be a, a, a conglomerate, conglomerate of terrific trios with C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, and, of course, Zion Williamson for the Pelicans, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and I guess you could say Ben Simmons for the Brooklyn Nets. So the 82-game marathon known as the NBA regular season gets underway, and we'll talk with Ali Cassell uh, about that. The Saints have a short week, obviously. Um Played on Sunday. They will be traveling tomorrow out to Phoenix and playing the Arizona Cardinals on Thursday night football. Thursday night football. Injuries continue to rear its ugly head with this team. They, uh, you know, they're not going to have they're not going to have their wide receivers except maybe Chris Olave. Um, they are. Not going to have their quarterback in Jameis Winston in all likelihood. And so they're going into this thing with um, lot, a lot less firepower than they had hoped and anticipated for. No Marshawn Lattimore. Five offensive starters were sidelined against the Bengals. And Jameis Winston left tackle Trevor Penning and the receivers, Thomas, Landry, Olave, tight end Adam Troutman, left guard Andrus Pete left the game with injuries in the second and third quarters, respectively. The Saints were forced to finish the game without seven offensive starters. And it showed because the red zone was absolutely a Dead zone. No question. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. The Raging Cajuns get back into action after their midweek win last week, a 23-13 win over Marshall. It snapped a three-game losing streak, something that the program hadn't done since uh, 2005. So the Cajuns now are 3-3 three and three overall, 1-2 in Sun Belt. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two and away we go as we're anticipating game five, winner take all in the American League divisional series between the Yankees and the Cleveland Guardians in the Bronx of New York. Of course, yesterday's game five postponed because of weather. They're getting ready to tee it up uh, in just a few minutes. And then the winner will travel directly to Houston for game one of the American League championship. Championship Series 
tomorrow. Um, so the Astros waiting anxiously to see. That'll be a 637 start. Of course, we'll hear it right here on the game. In the early matchup at 335, the National League Championship Series. Uh, how many people picked the Phillies and how many people picked the San Diego Padres to be playing for the right to go to the World Series? I don't think many did. I think everybody pointed to Houston versus the New York Yankees in the American League Championship Series. Houston did their part. Can the Yankees do theirs? Time will tell. We're anxiously awaiting uh, another game you can listen to here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, and that's Saturday afternoon, 2.30 kickoff between LSU and Ole Miss. Brian Kelly met with the media, and here's where these were his initial thoughts on what he's seen from the Ole Miss Rebels. Move on to uh, Ole Miss. Obviously, another top 10 team coming into the stadium, and uh, we're excited about the challenge. It's, a, it's an outstanding football team, well coached. Uh, Lane does a great job with um, obviously the offense, but overall, uh, a very confident football team. Been playing well, uh, undefeated. It's an offense that is. Um, you know, systematic in its play calling, what they're trying to do. The pieces fall together quite nicely uh, and very talented. You know, the quarterback, you know, is a, is a two-double-threat quarterback. Um, Dart can throw it. He can run. He's complemented with two outstanding backs, big receivers, uh, and, and a very balanced attack. They can run it equally as well as they throw it. And um, so I have a lot of respect for what they do defensively. They're in, you know, a, a three-down defense. You know, we don't see a ton of what they do. Uh, they do what they do well. And, uh, you know, I think they they get pressures. Uh, I think they're second uh, in the SEC in sacks. So... So there you go. Not one of nine remaining unbeaten teams in college football, and they come to town. What was great to see with LSU was not only the play of Jaden Daniels and how he opened things up with his arm and his legs, but he got Kayshawn Booty involved early. That was Booty's best game of the year by far. And Brian Kelly talked about the relationship between the quarterback and the wide receiver. We've been at this, you know, this had been the seventh game, and we've been confronted with those situations and haven't made them. But I don't think that there was any hesitation that we wouldn't go back to it because those, those two have been working hard in practice and trying to build that, you know, that relationship where, you know, we find you. And, and if you remember in that situation, he kind of found some green grass. And um, he was going to be the primary on that play. And um, Jaden got flushed out of the pocket, but he kept his eyes looking for him. And it was really the first time when those two found each other, if you will, in terms of, you know, getting the ball. And, and then that drive, quite frankly, we had a lot of mistakes. Um, we made a lot of mistakes. That drive ended up in the end zone because of those two guys. They made big plays, and that's what sometimes you need is your big-time players have to step up. And I think that was the first time this year – that our best players stepped up to that level and, and made plays. And they continue that. Can they build upon that and become consistent with that? If they can, 
This LSU team's a dangerous, dangerous football team. We don't know exactly what Ole Miss is. Yes, they're undefeated. Yes, they run the ball great. They got a defense that gets after the quarterback, but they really haven't played the schedule like other teams have, such as LSU. So they'll be coming into town, um, and, and we'll see. Should be should be anytime LSU will misplay. That's one of those games and it's going to be festive and rowdy. And um, how does Ole Miss handle it? Uh, we'll see. Can LSU remain consistent in their approach in how they do things in their confidence? Can the defense tackle better and special teams? We're just not going to talk about it. We're not going to jinx them anymore. So that's Saturday. Meanwhile, a quick, quick, quick turnaround after a devastating, heartbreaking, tough loss to the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, 30, 26. Um, we went over it and we'll continue to go over it with Bob Rose of the saints news network coming up here in just a minute. Um, but it's a quick turnaround Thursday. They'll they'll travel tomorrow to Phoenix and they'll take on the Arizona Cardinals on Thursday night. Every game on Thursday night so far this year has been an absolute dog with fleas. Um, so we'll see what happens. The big question now, I mean, the the mass unit of the New Orleans Saints, so many players out and without the ability to play, man, especially on the offensive side. Uh, Dennis Allen was asked after the Andy Dalton situation, which, look, he had his opportunity to seize the starting quarterback position, but he couldn't get the team in the end zone when it counted and all they could do was settle for field goals. Dennis Allen asked about what is your approach at the quarterback position now? I think that, yeah, I think, look, I think the number one thing is, is that we're, we're let's, let's get Jameis where he's 100% healthy. Um, uh, look, he was healthy enough to be the emergency third quarterback in this game last week. Um, and part of that was, you know, manipulating the roster to get 48 guys, you know, up on game day. So, um, look, Andy's done a good job when he's when he's when he's been in there. Um, we've produced and scored some points. So, mm. um, let's get let's get Jameis fully healthy, and then we'll go from there. I guess that means Taysom Hill Dennis. Dennis, correct in that in that game. Dennis, who are you kidding? 100% healthy? There's no such thing as a football player who's 100% healthy. For, forget it. Just, uh, how about Sandy, uh, the, the Chargers playing with Justin Herbert? You think he's 100% healthy? He's got ribs that are, I mean, every time he flinches, it hurts. But he's playing. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And the fact Andy Dalton did some good things and scored points. Come on, man. Come on. Don't, don't, don't play us for fools. Please don't do that. All right. The most important thing is on a short week, you can't do any physical activity. This has got to be all upstairs. You got to get mentally right. You got to study and you got to execute that game plan when it counts. Here's Dennis Allen talking about um, the short turnaround, the physical, the physical approach and the mental approach. Yeah, look, yeah, the players are going to be in here in terms of doing rehab and, and uh, recovery. Um, start on their own on, on some, some uh, tape review of, of Arizona. Um, and then we'll pretty much have walkthroughs over the next couple of days. That's been typical of anywhere I've been on a, on a Thursday night. 
Uh, you're not going to do a lot of physical activity during the week. Um, try to get them recovered. It's it like it's it's hard on uh, on their bodies to play a full NFL game and then come back four days later and have to play again. It is what it is. Um, I know it's all about television. I, I wish they would do away with the Thursday night games. I just think it's um, it's too quick of a turnaround, and the level of play is just not as good at all. Uh, but always follow the money because that's where it goes. That's uh, just that's just the way it is, and we got to get used to it and and move on from there. Um, speaking of moving on from there, the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou or a $50 gift certificate to the Half Shell Oyster House or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com game.com or 1041 the game.com it's free it's simple so go sign up today isn't it amazing uh the difference a week can make everybody was like oh god the lsu football season's over it's done they got blown out they got so many issues this that and the other then they go on the road and they win a game and everybody's like they can control their own destiny they're one game behind Ole miss they beat Ole miss they're in first place in the sec west oh my gosh and the new orleans saints they lose a game, and now it's like the air's out of the out of the balloon, right? Does anybody give them a real chance to go on the road and, and to beat Arizona? And Arizona's no great team either, but they got that type of quarterback that gives the Saints fits. That guy that runs around all over the place in Kyler Murray. So I don't know. And did you see the picture of um, Sean Payton checking out the the Chargers game last night? Uh -huh. Guy wants to get back into coaching. He's not a TV dude. He is not a TV dude. He is. He's a football coach, football coach. So I hope somebody grabs him and I hope the Saints get a first round pick and more and they can improve their roster. We'll see. Uh, speaking of the Saints, the black and gold report, when we return to the Jordy Helper show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Houston Astros and the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. It's time for Jordy to march into some New Orleans Saints talk with Saints News Network's Bob Rose. Here is the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, Bob Rose, good afternoon, sir. Did the sun come out after Sunday, or are we in the doom and gloom stages of football life? Jordy, as you know, I live uh, up in western Pennsylvania, so the sun might not actually come out again until March or April. <laughs> What's the temperature in, in Pennsylvania this time of the year? Uh, we're looking at a 35-degree day today. Uh, looking ahead for the kitties on Halloween, it looks like I'll have to dress uh, little Master Will up uh, you know, with uh, a layer or two of sweatshirts underneath of his Batman costume. When's the first snow usually come up there? 
it's not unusual to get it in the second or third week of October. Okay. Uh, you know, usually the first couple of snows, they don't they don't stick. Uh, you know, you don't have a snow that sticks until close to Thanksgiving. But then again, we've had 70 degree Thanksgivings in the wow. past, too. So, yeah, it, it's, it's weird weather up here this time of year. Um, OK, here's your chance. I'm opening up the vault and you can just you can just pontificate all you want and sum up that Bengals loss. What what comes to the forefront of your mind? Uh, well, the first word that comes to mind is infuriating. Uh, but the thing is, I don't know what infuriates me more. I was uh, well, let, yeah, let's start with how I was pleasantly surprised by how aggressive and imaginative the Saints play calling was on the offensive side early in the game. Okay. I was ready to give kudos to Pete Carmichael uh, uh, you know, from all over the place. And then he got vanilla in the second half. He stopped. Why do you think, why, why do you think that happens? I really don't know, Jordy. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm fond of saying that coaches can tend to outsmart each other. Yeah. Uh, but it's really baffling to see a coach completely go into a shell and get away from literally every single thing that he had. His unit was working for him in the first half. Uh, I mean, down the stretch in those last two drives, Taysom Hill wasn't even in the game. Uh, you know, Alvin Kamara wasn't being used as often on the right. perimeter as a receiver, right. uh, you know, only out of the backfield. Uh, you know, so then you're putting everything on the shoulders of Andy Dalton, a backup quarterback working with number five and six and practice squad wide receivers. I mean, how is that not asking for trouble? Right. Right. I'm with you. Um Saints had 14 players on their Monday injury report. Four. Good news is Arizona had 13, so they, they yeah. look like they're all banged up. But my goodness gracious, um, it just it comes down to this to me: the team with the better quarterback wins, and Joe Burrow was better. And you knew who he was throwing the ball to. So where's the secondary? I know, I know, Lattimore's out, but these other guys get paid. You know they're going to Jamar Chase. You know they're going to him, and he still finds a way to get it. That that's just tough to beat. Uh, yeah, and let's go back to that word infuriating. Uh, you know, first you you know my philosophy is you know football one and one. You get the ball into the you know, into the hands of your best players, yeah. and that's exactly what Cincinnati did, and that's exactly what New Orleans didn't do. Uh, you know, and you know it, it added on top of that, heaped on top of that is the fact that New Orleans couldn't stop Cincinnati from getting the ball in their hands of their best players. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, tackling and this uh, tackling is the most fundamental part of football, mm. and you know the Saints have had trouble just simply bringing the ball the ball carrier down from game one this season you know the number one culprit uh you know on my list of fury is tyron matthew yes but all of those defenders are guilty of it yeah i I counted matthew i counted five missed tackles or five plays where he had the opportunity to make a tackle but bradley roby was right behind him he had three or four paulson adebo had a few uh you know marcus davenport even the almighty cam jordan and demario davis and i don't say that sarcastically mm-hmm. uh you know they they had a few uh yeah. when you get to this level you know uh, you know football uh, football is a g- simple game when you boil it down to it and, you know, tackling is pretty much equal parts, fundamentals, yeah. you know, technique, and desire. Yeah. But the higher you get on the food chain, you know, once you get to the professional level, 
it's no longer about teaching technique. That should all be muscle memory. Right. So it comes down to heart and effort for me. No question. It, it tells me you're not ready to play. Yep. That's, what it, that's what it tells me. And I, I got it. I was going to mention that. And I'm glad you did. I, I am just baffled at how little of an impact Teran Matthew has had on the Saints defense this year. I thought this was going to be the greatest pickup ever. It's like I never hear his name mentioned. I never see him involved in a play. It's like he's non-existent. Well, if you recall, a good friend of yours that works at the Saints News Network cautioned you about this, uh, you know, coming into the offseason. You know, in my view, Tyron Matthew was not nearly the player he once was last yeah. year for yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs. And listen, I have heard people suggest that you know, coaches aren't using Matthew in the proper way. I don't think that that's a big part of it at all, uh, yeah, because Tyron Matthew throughout his career has been a versatile safety. Put him in the box, he makes plays. Put him in slot coverage, he makes plays. Blitz him, he makes plays. Put him in deep coverage, he makes plays. Well, yeah, all four of those, but he's checking none of those boxes this right. year. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, you know uh, Brendan and I had uh, a, a former Saints great Ty, uh, Tyrone Hughes on our show a couple weeks back. And I've gone out of my way to say this about Matthew and other players this year, but Tyrone Hughes came right out and said it on our show that Tyrone Matthew is making business decisions on the football field. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and you know, I'll, I'll let uh, I'll let you listeners read between the lines of what get you hurt. meant, but the, don't yeah, you don't have hurt. to do much reading. Yeah, don't want to get hurt. Okay, um, interesting. Um, Dennis Allen, I played a soundbite earlier in the show about him talking about the quarterback situation. Well, we want to get Jameis Winston 100% before we start. Who's 100%? There's not one player who's 100%. So um, I don't want to hear that garbage. It, should Jameis Winston start the game on Thursday if he's 95% ready to go? 95%? Yeah, I think he should. I agree with you. Uh, but I don't think he is 95%. I mean, you know, you're talking about broken, multiple broken vertebrae in a person's yeah. back. Yeah. You know, that, that gives me a hard time just getting up off of the couch, let alone right. getting onto the football field. I think uh, and, and now we're hearing that Andy Dalton is dealing with a back injury, but we don't mm -hmm. know how severe. So depending on how severe Andy Dalton's injury is, I start the Red Rifle again on Thursday, knowing that I have 10 more days after that for Jameis Winston to heal up uh, and get ready for, I don't remember if it's Vegas? the Vegas Raiders, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, for the Raiders game. So in other words, I give Jane, yeah, this is a must win for the Saints. Yeah, yeah. There's no question about it. Uh, but I think they can win this game with a healthy Andy Dalton. That offense isn't going to be nearly as explosive. But again, you look at Michael Thomas isn't going to play. Andrus Pete is out. Uh, you know, although I think Throckmorton is a suitable replacement, Jarvis Landry isn't going to play. So again, if Dalton, if Dalton's injury is not that serious, I play him for sure. Dress Jameis as an as an emergency quarterback again because you never know. And then you know, circle the following Sunday, ten days from Thursday, to uh, to bring Jameis Winston back into the lineup. I guess the silver lining in all this storm that's about the Saints is as badly as they're playing, they're only one game out of first in the, in the NFC South. 
Who'd have thunk the Atlanta Falcons? I mean, they're playing pretty good ball. Uh, Tampa Bay looked terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, Charlotte is, I mean, Carolina, they're in a dumpster fire. They're just trying to get through the season and get a high draft pick uh, and get a coach. So, I, I mean, they're still, they're still kind of there, but you may, you can't go two and five. Like you said, they, they got to win this game. Question is, how do you go about doing it with what you got? Back to fundamentals. Uh, There's still enough talent on this roster to win this game on Thursday night. Although I'd like to throw out there, we very rarely see the road team win a Thursday night football game. Uh, That's something to keep in mind for you, Houdat Nation. Uh, But there's there's still enough talent on the defensive side to go up against the an Arizona offense that's been equally disappointing, uh, you know, as the Saints' defense. And you know, you, we're hearing that Chris Olave is going to be back. We have seen the Saints beat Seattle without their major wide receivers. We've seen the Saints be in position to beat the Bengals without their main wide receivers. So what's that tell you? That tells you that there's still enough talent on the offensive side of the ball, uh, you know, to pull out a game, uh, you know, against the Arizona Cardinals you just you know you can't shoot yourself in the foot and I know that's been the the repeated mantra for this season and I'll give the Saints credit they avoided major penalties on Sunday and they avoided turnovers but you you also shoot yourself in the foot when you can't tackle if you told me that the Saints were going to run the football for over 200 yards, not commit a turnover, I'd have said at home, well, that's a win. Here's the irony. The last time the Saints rushed for more than 200 yards and still managed to lose was in 2005. They had 211 yards rushing in a 34-31 loss to the Atlanta Falcons. The date of that game? October 16th, the same as the game date Sunday against Cincinnati. I, I don't believe in the heebie-jeebies, but I'm starting to believe in the heebie-jeebies about that kind of stuff. So I don't know what they do. I, I don't know what you do. You don't turn it over. You penalize very little, right? Um, but again, the defense, which was supposed to be the strength, mm-hmm. just disappeared. Disappeared. Yeah, and it's so disappointing because yeah, and you know, we we criticize players on the field, we criticize the coaches on the sideline. You look at the coaches on the sideline, you know, you know, we'll stay on the defensive side. Dennis Allen, a great and elite defensive coordinator. Chris Richard, an experienced mind in this league, a successful defensive coordinator. Ryan Nielsen, who I believe is one of the best position coaches in all of football. You know, your defensive line coach has been promoted to co-defensive coordinator. Are there too many brains? Uh, are there too many hands in that cookie uh, jar? Maybe so. Who knows? I guess I the only yeah, the only bright spot of the whole day was that Eli Apple was awful. He was awful. That's yeah, all we I can say. That from Eli Apple. Yeah, as you know, Jordy, when the Saints win, I come out with a uh, yeah with a game ball article. Uh, yeah. I was completely by middle of the fourth quarter. Eli Apple was going to get one of my game balls because I, <laughs> I like to jab. I, I Sean Payton was my team's coach for how many years? I I could be petty too. 
That's right. Absolutely. All right. Um, we'll delve into this Thursday night game and uh, we'll talk about some of the, the hot topics around the NFL as we continue the black and gold report with my main man, Bob Rose from the Saints News Network here on this uh, Tuesday edition, October 18th of the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. I'll get you, I'll get you a Yankees Guardians update when we return. Stay with us. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are back as we continue the black and gold report here with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. Um, Baseball update. Bottom of the first, two out. Giancarlo Stanton hits a three-run bomb about 389 feet. The Yankees lead three-zip very early on in the game. So um, when when you look uh, at the standings in the National Football League, in the NFC West, the Arizona Cardinals are at the very bottom of a very balanced um, division. San Francisco, the Rams, the Seahawks are all three and three. Arizona's at two and four, as are the Saints, who trail the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Atlanta Falcons, both three and three. Saints are two and four Carolina's one and five so it really is a must-win situation for the Saints and it just comes up what's the problem with Arizona a team that usually gets out the gate quickly uh, and fades down the stretch Bob but now it's just the opposite uh, this year what's going on with Arizona Uh, yeah and it's been weird I remember the last two years you and I having a lot of conversations early in the year wondering out loud are the Cardinals for real because they'd get off the hot start yeah but I look at the Arizona Cardinals and believe it or not I see more problems on the offensive side for them than I do defense Uh, you you, you look at their rankings and they're pretty much middle of the pack all the way across the board everything is ranked 15th 16th 17th but they've scored under 20 points in three of their last four games, and they've had under 370 yards in five of six ball games. That's that's shocking when you consider the you know, Kyler Murray, Rondale Moore, Marquise Brown at wide receiver, who's out now, uh, Zach Ertz at tight end. So they, you know, that really surprised me. Uh, and I mentioned Marquise Brown is going to be out, uh, you know, which thins out their receiving core, but they get that monster DeAndre Hopkins back. Uh, you know, from a six-game suspension going up against a secondary, this minus uh, Marshawn Lattimore, that's going to be a matchup to highlight uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and Rondale Moore versus the Saints secondary. Uh, but, you know, offensively, you know, Arizona's had a lot of injuries on the interior of their offensive line. So, you know, David Onyemata, could you please show up to the 2022 season uh, you know, and bring some, uh, you know, bring some interior pressure on Kyler? Uh, yeah, because Kyler Murray is – Arizona's running game. 
Yeah. You look at them statistically, they don't have bad numbers. They average you know, 119 yards a game on the ground, uh, but their running backs are only a- are averaging less than four yards a carry. So Kyler Murray is also their running game. If the Saints contain him, force him into a couple mistakes, uh, you know, something that this defense for the New Orleans has not done this year, uh, you know, then you can really flip the field uh, you know, and give your offense an advantage against an Arizona defense that's playing very, very good football right now. He's just a little jitterbug back there, and mm-hmm. he skirts around. And that, those kind of quarterbacks give the Saints problems. Always. But to your point, if they can keep him in that pocket, that's when the size of a, uh, of a Marcus Davenport and a, a Cam Jordan can get up maybe a block a pass or two. But but he's very, very, very elusive. Um, what's what? You know, they, they've scored 114 points. They've given up 142. They're minus 28 in the point differential. Uh, the Saints are minus 17. So neither team very, very proud of where, where they stand along <laughs> those lines. But, but what do you do? How do you attack that defense of Arizona? First of all, you got to contain the edges, uh, you know, for the Cardinals. You know, JJ Watt. That's that's a no-brainer. I mean, you know, you're talking about a Hall of Fame caliber play, a, a Hall of Fame cinch uh, yeah. that's still playing at a high level. But Zach Allen, the compliment. Uh, compliment to Watt on the other side. He's having a really, really good season too. So, you know, you need to contain those two. And Marcus Golden, they love to bring in the outside linebacker. Arizona plays a, you know, a base 3-4 alignment. Uh, you know, so Marcus Golden is usually that other edge rusher. So, you know, tackles James Hurst, who struggles uh, you know, against the pass in recent weeks and Ryan Ramchuk. They're going to have to be on top of their game. Uh, you know, outside of that, you need to pepper the Cardinals with short passes uh you know their, their numbers against the pass aren't bad but you dig, dig a little deeper and you know opposing quarterbacks are completing almost 69 percent of their throws against the cardinals uh you know arizona's given up just five players have had at least 70 yards receiving against them but listen to three of the five jordy dallas goddard tight end christian mccaffrey running back travis kelsey tight end so what's that tell you? That tells you that you need to spread the Cardinals out from sideline to sideline uh, you know, and work the ball all over the field because you're not going to hit many deep plays on them. Not with that edge rush of theirs uh, and not with those safeties, Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson they have in the secondary. So okay. Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, whoever lines up at quarterback, they're going to have to work the ball around. You know, use Jawan Johnson, who I, I've been impressed with in recent Me weeks. Me too. Me too. Uh, get uh you know use camara I and mean, you know we this is that's a repetitive statement for you and i yeah. uh and use chris Olave and marquez cal marquez calloway through those intermediate zones uh you know let them get the ball in their hands with some room to run uh you know and maybe they can break a big one or two uh yeah because again especially with the saints pass protection this year though it has been improved in recent weeks you cannot let your expect your quarterback's going to be able to stand back there for four seconds and let a deep pattern develop down the field yeah. Uh, still can't believe Andy Dalton took that sack late on that last yeah. series. How, how do you do that? I mean, that just that's just first grade football. My gosh. <laughs> Throw the thing away. Anyway, um around the league, I mean, it must be a great time to be in the state of New York, the city of New York, with the Giants and the Jets. The Giants are five and one. The Jets are four and two. Nobody saw that coming. It's great. 
It, it, it is great. I mean, you know, for the for the media Mongols of you know, of New York, and I can't remember the last time we've seen both the Giants and Jets mm-hmm. relevant in the same year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I don't think either team has lasting power. The Jets have some you know, good young talent. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, and the Giants, I expected them to be in a complete rebuild. Uh, you know, Brian Dable. I think I said it with you last week. Brian Dable is my uh, early. Yeah. hands down favorite for coach of the year uh you know so even though i don't think either franchise has lasting power to be a legitimate championship contender this year uh you know we, we, we'll see how they play down the stretch because there's always that one team that comes out of you know what we think is mediocrity and makes a serious push for a championship it sure looks like the uh the afc is going through the city of uh, another team in the state of New York through the Buffalo Bills. They've scored 176 points, given up only 81. That's a plus 95. Hands down, by far, the biggest point differential in the league. Um, man, I'm impressed with them in, in every form and facet. And I know I know it's Josh Allen and the offense, but that defense is pretty darn good, man. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, and they, they have a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the football, and they're still playing good, uh, you know, good ball. Yeah. They're well coached. They're fundamentally sound. Uh, you know, they're extremely aggressive and physical. They will force opposing teams into mistakes, which is exactly what you want your defense to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think there's any question that you know, eh, early, and we're not quite to midseason yet, to be fair. Right. Uh, but you know, right now, I think you know Buffalo is undoubtedely the number one team in the AFC. <laughs> you know, KC ranks number two but uh yeah but but buffalo is the more complete of those two teams philadelphia is the number one team in the nfc they're six and oh um big win over dallas um they they just they've got weapons on offense another good defensive club who's the second best team in the nfc in your opinion i think we lost bob i think he froze up Bob, are you there? All right, James. Um, it's 43 minutes after hour. You want to take a time out here and see if we can get him back? Okay, let's try that. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll come back. Technology at its finest. We'll figure it all out, but we'll continue because uh, we need to talk about the NFC. Who is the second best team? Is it the Minnesota Vikings? Might be. We'll talk about that when we return. Uh, one more shot with Bob Rose after this timeout. A recent survey said that game listeners prefer our station than filing their taxes. Take that, taxes. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we are back. We continue our black and gold report um, through technology. We lost him. We got him. We lost him. But we got him back. Bob Rose, Saints News Network. I left by saying Philadelphia is the best team in the NFC. Who's the second best team? And I would argue the Minnesota Vikings. Maybe. God, I hate it. God, I hate to say that. Uh, I agree with you often, and I have to agree with you here too. Uh, you know, the the Vikings, and you know, there's never denied any. You can't ever deny the amount of talent that Minnesota has on that football team, uh, but they're they're playing really well. Uh, they're, again, this is another team that's well coached. Uh, 
that's not killing themselves fundamentally. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins is playing well within himself, and you know, and by that he's not making mistakes that cost his team the football game. Uh, and if you don't make mistakes that cost you a game, and you have a young and aggressive defense, I'm going to take what they have in the skill positions with Dalvin Cook, uh, Adam Thielen, yeah. and Justin Jefferson any day of the week. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta say that Minnesota is probably the number two team in the NFC right now. Wow. From a disappointment standpoint, there's so many teams in the NFC that that are starting with the Saints. How about San Francisco and the L.A. Rams? How about the Green Bay Packers? Uh, they, they, they don't. I, man, Aaron Rodgers looks human. I guess you got to have teammates you can throw the ball to. And I guess you got to have an offensive line that can protect you. And I guess you have to be accurate. But they they are a major disappointment. Uh, yeah, they are, uh, and yeah, and yeah, I, I, this is another team the Packers are with a defense that we thought was going to be very, very strong this year, and they have looked vulnerable. Uh, you know, Green Bay has run the ball very well in recent seasons and hasn't been able to do that consistently. Uh, you know, which is an indicator of what you mentioned about the offensive line struggles up front. Uh, you know, and we know you know Aaron Aaron Rodgers doesn't handle adversity within his organization real well so right. i'm interested to see if this develops into a soap opera uh into a into a daytime emmy award-winning soap opera uh yeah if their struggles continue uh yeah we know the packers have the talent to turn around uh yeah. and they it's not like they've dropped a lot where they you know dug themselves a hole that they cannot get out of uh but they're really going to have to gut themselves up as are the other teams that you mentioned you know rams buccaneers and 49ers. Uh, I don't know. I don't hear Aaron Rodgers say R E L A X. So there's there's troubles <laughs> in Packerland. I want your opinion on uh, you mentioned the Bucks and another quarterback and Tom Brady. We saw him take that leave of absence during training camp to to go be with his family, and now uh, with a game on Sunday, he goes to the surprise wedding of his former boss Bob Kraft, misses a. Uh, team meeting comes back and a walkthrough comes back for another team meeting i guarantee you if that's bill belichick coaching he doesn't let tom brady go to a wedding and miss practice and tom brady always a great teammate would never miss anything it just leads me to believe does he really truly truly want to be out there it, it certainly doesn't seem like it, you know, when when you hear about stuff like that, uh, you know, and, and Tom Brady, whether you like him or dislike him, he has always remained committed to the game of football and yeah. you know, and the franchise that he plays for, be it the Buccaneers now or the Patriots before. Uh, you know, this is it, it, this almost feels like the anti-Tom Brady, the bizarro world, Tom Brady. If you're a Superman fan, uh, you, you you wonder if he just came back to enjoy a retirement tour of sorts, uh, mm -hmm. you know, where everybody, nobody's saying it, but everybody pretty much knew that this was going to be his last go around, uh, you know, yeah. and he just wants to enjoy himself. While I don't begrudge him that, and he has certainly earned that luxury, if I'm a teammate in that locker room of his, yeah. I have a problem with what's going on. I do. I don't care whether you're a Hall of Famer mm -hmm. or you know, a first-year undrafted rookie. Uh, you know, you, I'm there busting my butt every day. I would expect you would do the same. And don't be coming on the sidelines cussing me out 
Yeah. Uh, you know, if, maybe if you had been there during all the uh, training camp and had been there at these meetings, maybe we could have figured it out. I, I, I know how teams are. I know how teammates are. And it mm-hmm. just, although he deserve, he's earned every right as a seven-time Super Bowl champion, but it just is a bad look. It's a bad feel. And it's a, it's a, it's a pointing the finger right at Todd Bowles, the head coach. Who's running this team? Is it Tom Brady's team or are you the head coach? That's that's what I get the impression of. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know, and listen, you know, all-time greats, and we saw it with Breeze too, they get preferential treatment, and everybody mm-hmm. knows that. Uh, but when there, there is a line with that preferential treatment, and you know, when, when you're losing – and the, your, your star that's getting the favorable treatment is not playing well and contributing heavily to those losses. Uh, you know, the, it, it does deserve the questions to be asked. You know, who is running things? Is the, you know, it, does anybody have control here? Is the coach or ownership losing control of the team? Uh, you know, and again, Tampa Bay is among the most you know, talented teams in the NFL, so I would expect that they would play better football down the stretch. Uh, but And you said it from Week one this season about the Buccaneers, something just feels off with them. Something mm-hmm. just feels off with Tom Brady. You know, th- this isn't the the TB12 that we have watched for the last twenty something years. This isn't the same Buccaneers yeah. team that we have watched for the last two or three years. So you know, we'll we'll see if they get things together. Obviously, if you're a Saints fan, you hope not. Uh, right. But you know, you, it, you you have to take care of things on your own side of the street first if you're New Orleans. <laughs> Yeah, they do. Um, within the division, Atlanta is at Cincinnati, so I feel good about uh, that one uh, with mm-hmm. Cincy. And then Tampa Bay is at Carolina. Uh, I don't know what to think about that game in any way, shape, <laughs> or form, but you're right. The Saints have to take care of their business. Do you think they do? What? Do you, how do you see this game turning out? I, I, I like the way the, the Saints have played a lot better over the last three weeks. Uh, you know, and I know they've lost two of those games, um, but you know, they, they played well enough to win, and you couldn't okay. necessarily say that about the losses to Carolina or Tampa Bay. So I think right. this team is on the right track. I don't think they're panicking yet, but I would like to see greater urgency from them on the football field, if that makes any sense. Yes. So you know, they, And such a quick turnaround with so many players, top-tier players still injured and on the sidelines, we're mm. going to find out a ton about the New Orleans Saints' character this week, about their desire to win. I'm going to edge out, put myself out on a ledge a little bit and say that I still believe in the character and the talent on this team and in that building. And I do think that the, that the Saints are going to uh, you know, go into Thursday night and be one of those rare visiting Thursday night victories. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be low scoring. It'll probably be ugly. Uh, but I think the Saints emerge uh, but, you know, with a one-score victory. That would be something. And I, I learned uh, who Rashid Shahid is. <laughs> Never heard of the dude, man. And he's he got a 44-yard run, uh, touchdown run in the second quarter. So they got names out there that I, I – who is that? Where did he come from? That's where the Saints are right now. But they got to look at it as an opportunity rather than a detriment. Bob, um, yes. thank you for hanging in there with us, buddy. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, enjoy Thursday night, and we'll talk about it next Tuesday. Sounds great, my friend. You have a uh, a great week. I'll talk to you soon.
All right, Bob Rose of the Saints News Network with the Black and Gold Report. They have finished two innings in the Bronx, and the Yankees lead four-zip over the Cleveland Guardians. The winner survives and advances to the American League Championship Series starting tomorrow in Houston. So right now the Yankees in control, but we've seen throughout um, you just you just never know. You got to keep on playing. You got to get 27 outs, 27 outs. So um, Major League Baseball winding down their season. National Basketball Association, the NBA, getting ready to start their season tonight. Excited to see Zion on the boys tomorrow. Um, they got a big college football weekend. The Cajuns in Arkansas State and a very important Sunbelt Conference game, LSU Ole Miss. Very important SEC West divisional game. Um, man, lots of stuff going on, to say the least. Um, so we appreciate Matthew Bruni of uh, talking about LSU football, Ali Cassell from At The Bird Rights, talking about the Pels and the NBA, and, of course, Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. Come on back tomorrow, same time, 2 to 4, same great station, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It'll be hump day with Huguenin. We'll talk all about the big games uh, in college football. We will have a primer on the Pels. We'll uh, have a primer on game one of the American League Championship Series. We'll have a lot to talk about, and we'll have a lot of fun doing so. So, um, again, come on back, same time, 2 to 4. Uh, James Mesh, thank you so much for all you do. I greatly appreciate that. Thanks to all of you for listening in, in whatever form or fashion you do, whether it's the radio, the internet, or television, we got you covered in all areas. And thanks to our partners that make it possible each and every day. We truly, truly couldn't and wouldn't do it without you. So until next time, I'm Jordy Helpert. Stay thirsty, my friends. everything you can to stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. So long, everybody. Conference play. They've lost to teams that's more talented than Rice and Louisiana Monroe. Uh, But one man's misfortune is another's fortune with Chandler Fields out. Ben Woolridge showed that he's the man. He is the man. Uh, They've got six games remaining, starting with Arkansas State this coming Saturday at Cajun Field. Um, And this is a team uh, that, make no mistake, is playing better for Butch Jones in year two. James Blackman at quarterback has really uh, lifted this Red Wolves team up a little bit. Um, they've been very competitive against non-Power 5 or FCS programs. Uh, they stay within one score against James Madison until halfway through the third quarter. Um, so they'll be coming to Lafayette um, to take on the Cajuns this Saturday at 4 p.m. Basketball is upon us. SEC media days are taking place. The women today, the men tomorrow. Kim Mulkey's LSU Tiger women's basketball team picked to finish third in the Southeastern Conference preseason media poll um, today as South Carolina is picked number one, Tennessee number two, and LSU at number three. So, That's not bad. 
That's not bad at all. Um, senior guard Alexis Morris, sophomore forward Angel Reese were named second team all SEC picks. So a very competitive conference to say the very, very least. Uh, but LSU should be just just fine the men will hit the podium tomorrow with matt mcmahon and company and i'm very 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 curious to um to see where the pundits place lsu with so many unknowns and so many questionables um it'll be It'll be very, very interesting to see. So we'll have reports on that coming up tomorrow. Boy, if you want to be one of the first people to see Black Panther Wakanda forever, then all you have to do is text Panther, P-A-N-T-H-E-R, to 337-283-8100 for your chance to win a spot for two on the guest list for a private viewing of Black Panther Wakanda Forever at Celebrity Theaters in Broussard on November 10th. Once again, text PANTHER to 337-283-8100 to win tickets for Black Panther Wakanda Forever brought to you by The Game, Celebrity Theaters, and Sherman insurance uh we will take a quick time out here it's 11 minutes after the hour um matthew bruni will get into the x's and o's of lsu football as the hotty toddy gosh almighty old miss rebels come to town here on the jordy helper show on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles your home for the fighting tigers of lsu in southwest louisiana Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back as LSU in the uh, preliminary stages of preparing for their Saturday afternoon showdown with the undefeated seventh-ranked Hottie Toddy Ole Miss Rebels coming to Tiger Stadium with some great games that those two teams have played from way, way back when. Let's get the lowdown on what's happening in Tiger Town with uh, my good friend Matthew Bruni, who um, does a tremendous job for um, Bengal Tiger on three said hut 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 hello matthew bernie how are you man hey there i'm doing great it's a great weather beautiful day huh chilly, but we're doing all right it's a beautiful day can we can we package this for saturday afternoon my goodness right i mean I, i'm just glad it's not going to be you know 95 degrees out there at 2 30 so yeah I'm good. were you surprised at uh lsu's performance saturday in in gainesville Offensively, I definitely was. Offensively, I wasn't expecting them to go out there and put up 45 points on Florida. I thought it'd be more of a, a run-centric game for both offenses, a little bit lower scoring. Um, I wasn't. Sh- I, I think I predicted 24-21, something like that, LSU. Yeah. And yeah. so for them to put up 45 points, and not just that they put up 45, but, I mean, they scored on their first six drives. They averaged almost nine yards of play on those first six drives. It was it was a revelation, that's for sure. Um, we saw the reincarnation of Kayshawn Booty. We found a, a running back. My goodness gracious! And the quarterback. Uh, I I've always been a fan of his. I really have. Boy, he yeah. he plays like that. 
I mean, they got a shot in every one of these games they that they have coming up. They really do. Yep. They're going to be real tough to be if the offense looks like that across the board. Getting Kayshawn involved early and often. Uh, yeah. Jaden throwing the ball the way that he did early. Um, I mean, on time, on target. Uh, I used the word aggress- aggressive a lot when describing it. I felt like he was confident in where he was going with it. So that's a huge development. I mean, the offensive line is going to have its lumps, you know, when you start two tackles and you have the injury to Dellinger. But, yeah. I mean, Daniels was poised as ever, and that was something that, like I said, I wasn't expecting the offense to come out and look like that, and a lot of it starts with Jaden Daniels. Uh, Ole Miss comes in. Everybody talks about their offense and their run game. Defense is pretty good, too. They're second in the SEC in sacks with 19, so that's going to put a lot of pressure on those freshman bookends in Will Campbell and Emory Jones. So um, when you look at Ole Miss, what do you see? I see a team that obviously they can run the ball. Zach Evans at running back, uh, Jackson Dart at quarterback, who's um, – pretty mobile guy they have a freshman running back that's also been uh, carrying the ball a lot for them so it's a lot more of a running game than last year when they had Matt Corral at quarterback Um, defensively I think they're okay I I hesitate and I think this is the case for a lot of people we don't fully know how good this Ole Miss team is because their schedule's been so weak to this point in the year Um, they've beat Kentucky 22-19 at home, which I think was a good win. Um, I don't think Kentucky's great this year, but it was a good win at home to get that done. But their second toughest game is against Auburn, and then their third toughest game is probably against Tulsa. And neither one of those games they looked great in. So, And then after that, you have like Troy, Georgia Tech, and so on Mm -hmm. and so forth. So, yeah, it's it's tough to get a full read of how good this Ole Miss team is, but obviously – I think they are talented, and they're going to give you know LSU plenty of of problems uh, at times on Saturday. Five and two overall, three and one in the SEC. Um, tell me what you see in this LSU football team now. What what do we have? What is it? Because I, I the, the thing to me. And I, and I said this, after the Tennessee blowout loss, how's this team going to respond? What's their psyche? Are they fragile? Or are they going to come out? And how are they going to respond to it? Will they prove that? Now my question going into this game and further is, can they do this, what they did against Florida? Can they do that consistently? But what do you see in the LSU football team now that you didn't see when they took on Florida State? What, what's, the, what's the difference? I think there's there was always a trust in what Brian Kelly was doing and what they were all doing, but I think you're starting to see a proof of concept, and you're starting to see that okay, this isn't just a long term plan. You know, this, there's a lot of you know upperclassmen on this team, the tra- guys that transferred in and stuff that were like, okay, are we just here to start a rebuild? And I think, like you said, five and two and three and one in conference, and I know it's you know, a long ways away, but you do control your own destiny in the West to this point with Alabama losing. So it's like, this doesn't have to be this extremely long rebuild to where this year is, you know, just a six and six year where you get the foundation in. And even if they did go seven to five and just instilled their the foundation, I think that'd be fine for a lot of people, but this doesn't have to be that. And I think you're yeah. starting to see the realization from a lot of players, like, and perhaps even coaches to where like, okay, we can actually be 
an eight and four, heck, a nine and three team if if everything breaks right. Like that that's on the table right now, and I think that's a belief that this team might not have had, especially after the Florida State game, where it looked like there were so many holes to fill. Oh, you're right, Matthew Bruni from Bengal Tiger on three. Um, what's the latest on Jack Besh? Yeah, they uh, he had a back tightness uh, in in the game. They they said he's uh, Brian Kelly mentioned this in this press conference that they're they're working to get him back. Uh, I don't remember. I don't believe he said anything uh, for certain on that. I think they're going to try to get him back. Uh, it, it'll be interesting because they do have the bye week after this Ole Miss game. Yeah. So, you know, if there is any tightness with Bash and if, you know, Armani Goodwin's hamstring is still bothering him at all, do you just rest them and give them the full two weeks off, you know, from games? Uh, I'm not sure exactly, but that'll be something we'll probably learn a lot more of uh, at the Thursday press conference as far as final uh, verdicts go for them. The light came on for Jaden Daniels. Uh, we, t- we said it just a few minutes ago. Boy, if he continues to play like that, they got a chance to, to really uh, be a special offense um he ran it when it was necessary but man he stayed in that pocket and and his deep ball looked pretty darn good to me yeah i i mean <laughs> i i thought he threw the ball just tremendously I, there were a couple throws in there that i thought were risky that some people on the board were like oh you know maybe that's that's not the throw you want but i was like that's what we've been asking him to do this entire season we've been asking yeah. him to make those tough throws and even if they are going to get intercepted sometimes if he throws one pick in the game it's not the end of the world if it's a if it's a tight throw on third down i mean you got to make them and uh obviously he threw the the interception that got called back but that was on a third down and i he overthrew him but i thought the idea was fine so mm-hmm. um but yeah to, to go to your rushing point it didn't look like he was scrambling at all a lot of his runs were designed which i liked yes. a lot in the rpos the draws mm-hmm. uh, read option type stuff so if they can do that and they can draw it up as well as um, as they did on Saturday, then I think they're in a good spot. Uh, uh, is this becoming an offensive team? Uh, and 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 now we have to worry about the defense. I mean, what? That, that's what I. From week to week, it keeps changing. Yeah, it's 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 it was just obviously concerning to watch Florida, you know, put up uh, thirty five on them. Uh, we we t- we looked at in, in the post game when you look at how the thirty five points came. There was the Anthony Richardson 51-yard touchdown to start the game. There was the Anthony Richardson run for 80 yards. That mm-hmm. was obviously not, not what you want to see as a defense. And then there was the Jack Besh muff punt that resulted in seven points as well. So that's 21 of your points right there, uh, you know, on big plays and turnovers. So uh, I still believe in this defense to be a, a quality defense and to be an upper half of the FCC defense. Uh, it's just about consistency at this point putting it all together, which they really haven't done for a full game this year. I mean, Auburn, they started slow. Mississippi State, they started slow, and they figured it out. Uh, Florida, it was kind of hit or miss at times, but I still believe in them uh, moving forward. Matthew Bruni, Bengal Tiger on three. You know it's bad in special teams when the network television cameras (laughs) dedicates a camera to the special teams coach watching his reaction as the ball is punted into the air. And, of course, drama and great television. Poor Jack Besh bobbles it, fumbles it, goes, and and Brian Polian. What what else can he do? So uh, they've tried everybody. doesn't look like Besh is going to play. So who do they put back there now? And do they tell them, just let the ball bounce? <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be Greg Clayton at this point. 
I don't think they go back to Malik Neighbors. I feel like they should have gone back to Malik Neighbors in the Southern game and not fully given up one in there because obviously mm-hmm. they saw something in camp to where he was reliable and just obviously had an awful game. So I think it's probably too late to go back to Malik Neighbors. Uh, I, obviously, I don't think there's another receiver out there, at least not one that we saw in camp, getting a lot of work with the punt returners. Um, so if Best doesn't play, I, I probably expect Greg Clayton and – I pro- they probably tell him to be, you know, cautious or conservative with how he does return punts. So that's, uh, but like you said, it was very uh, disheartening. Not only that, but start the game off with a 50 yard kick return and set up the, the touchdown. So well, it's, uh, it's a never ending like, story, that's for sure. It's almost like onside kick it and don't, don't, <laughs> don't touch the ball on a punt. Just let it bounce and we'll go from there. Uh, Matthew Bruni with us. Um, on the flip side, if you don't have that that field goal kicker, um, that, that that's the biggest kick of the year to give a ten point spread, and the game was over after that. And that was that was not an easy one. Yep, yeah, you have to give them credit. Uh, you have to give them credit for uh, Ramos stepping in and making that kick. And uh, I thought they should have kicked the first one. If you remember, they went for it on fourth and one from the twenty eight uh, with about four minutes left or so, and I was like kick it and try to get up 10 and they went for it yeah. got it milked another two minutes off the clock and then kicked the field goal and went up 10 to, to ice right. the game so that's a huge kick like you said i mean on the road with the pressure of if you don't make this florida gets the ball back with the chance to tie the game uh huge kick and so i everything we've heard i mean there haven't been many many field goals this year he's just missed right, right. they've been blocked or um yeah I, I think he missed one in the florida state game but no, that was blocked as well. So, yeah, it's, I, I believe in Ramos moving forward, and I think Brian Kelly does, so that's a good sign. Look, let me lay on the the, the psychiatrist couch here, and, and you tell why do I think LSU's going to win this game Saturday? Am I nuts? No, they, they are favored in Vegas. Vegas agrees with you. <laughs> but um, I, it's it's so tough for me to, to start analyzing this game because I don't fully know how good Ole Miss is. Like, right. in theory, LSU is the best defense, or at least one of the best defenses, you know, you put them or Kentucky, whatever, as the best defense that Ole Miss has played this year. Right. And Kentucky did a pretty good job slowing Ole Miss down, holding them 22 points. But it's definitely the best offense that Ole Miss has played this year, which is pretty crazy to say. Um, that is it's crazy. Only LSU, yeah. LSU and Tulsa are the only two teams, if you look at advanced stats, that are like in the top 50 in offense. That, hmm. old, that Ole Miss will have played. So, you know, and Tulsa put up 28 on them. So I think it's going to be a really interesting uh, showing. I think this could be a game where LSU's offense looks the part once again. Yeah, this could be uh, the game within the game is the chess match between Lane Kiffin and Matt House. And how does Matt House yep. disguise things, change things up? Because Kiffin's pretty good on the sideline looking at a play, and then he has the team look over at him, and he changes up compared to what the defense is, is providing. So uh, that that is the chess match to me that will be fascinating to watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that and I, I still want to see LSU's offensive line um, moving forward, if with Dellinger out, I want to see. I, I didn't think Emory Jones played a great game. I didn't think Anthony Bradford was great. Uh, a lot of guys were spotty at times, but Jaden Daniels made up for all that because he was so good. So, and the receivers, yeah. you know, did their job. So you can overcome it 
to a degree. I just think that's going to be something else I'm, I'm watching for this weekend. I just want Jaden Daniels to have another one. Uh, and if he has a game like that, LSU's going to win it. There's no doubt in my mind. The question yeah. is, it's asking an awful lot. Um, with yeah. with the numbers that he put up and the efficiency in which he did it, that's difficult. But we'll see. Wait, wait, real, real quick, where do you think uh, LSU's men's basketball team, we saw the women, they've picked to finish third in the SEC. Where do you think Matt, the the pundits are going to place uh, Matt, Matt McMahon's club tomorrow? Ooh. Uh, Ken Palm came out with their rankings. Uh, for those who don't know, Ken Palm is just an advanced stat type, you know, metrics, whatever system for, for, bas- for basketball. They had them seventh, which I thought was actually pretty high. If the, if the media voted them seventh, I would be pretty surprised. So I would, I would think somewhere in the nine to 10 to 11 range, uh, just okay. if, from media, media polls. Um, anything higher than that, I think is giving a lot of credit to, uh, McMahon and the staff. But as you know, the SEC is, it's such a good conference this year. I expect, you know, got teams like A&M to be better than they were last year. And then you have, you know, all the top heavy uh, teams. As right. well. So, yeah, I, I would expect somewhere in the 9 to 10, 11 range. Okay. Matthew Bernie, um, BengalTigerOn3.com. Thank you so much. Always great talking to you, buddy. Enjoy enjoy the weather and have, a, have fun in Tiger Stadium on an afternoon game. That'll be good. Yes, will do. Thanks for having me anytime. You got it, man. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, The Tesh Project is hosting the Shake Your Tail Feather Paddle Parade and Party in the Park on October 22nd. A pair of live Cajun bands will escort paddlers as they float from Poche Briggs to Bro Briggs from 10 to noon. After the parade, uh, the paddle parade, there'll be a a free celebration at Parc de Ponce in Bro Briggs from 1130 to 2. Horace Trahan and the Asun Express will be playing. There'll be uh, kids' activities, food, drinks, birds, costume prizes and a kayak raffle come paddle or join the fun with the tesh project on october 22nd in bro bridge for more information the website is teshproject.org we'll take a time out here when we come back the nba opens up with a doubleheader tonight the pels play brooklyn on wednesday the 82 game marathon beginneth We'll talk about it with Ali Cassell after this time out on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Will they be playing Cleveland or the New York Yankees? We'll find out later on today. We'll be right back. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Another season of the NBA gets underway tonight. Philly and Boston, the Lakers and Golden State, part of a doubleheader. The Pelicans will get their season underway tomorrow as they are currently traveling to Brooklyn, and they'll be taking on the Brooklyn Nets, of course, led by their uh, superstar Kevin Durant, who had some really high praise for Brandon Ingram and the Pelicans as a whole. Listen to it. I like Zion. I like everything about him. I just like his demeanor. I like his approach to the game. I, just, I, I like everything about him. Uh, he's a freak of nature. I mean, their whole team. I mean, B.I. is one of the most impressive players I've Love seen B. in the league in a long time. A long time. Uh, and you add that combination, them two, with C.J., I mean, you got 
three dudes that can get 30 for you, you know what I'm saying? So then Willie Green is a good young coach that won championships, that been around championship pedigree. So you just that's rubbing off on them too. They're going to be a dangerous team. I'm glad we got them first game yeah. because, you know, you get you the boys in stride, you yeah. know, they might be difficult, even more difficult. So it's going to be a great test for us, you know, because they hit, they, get, they build in confidence over there. Yeah, I hope they lose by 30, but then I hope they have a great season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm it's a team that I'm excited to watch this year, but I hope we beat the snot out of them. E.D., um, we're all excited about the Pels. I know my next guest, Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights, is excited. How about K.D. heaping some praise on the Pels? I love it. Yeah, it's like he's trying to butter them up, doesn't it? <laughs> he's obviously not <laughs> going to give them any bulletin board material. Wait, he's smart enough for let's that. Let's let the rumors it's spread. Good to hear. You notice what he said about Willie Green? Maybe K.D. wants to leave Brooklyn and come play with these guys in New Orleans. Let's spread the Are rumors. You- Jordy, you're firing up that rumor mill again because we went through all that in the summer, right? KD maybe to New Orleans. I- I'm ready to put that in the rearview mirror, at least for now. Yeah, me this too. is a good me team too. that they've got um, on paper right now as it is. They have been impressive. Um, what uh, What is your take? I know the preseason's one thing. Now's when it really starts. But what has been your takeaway about this ball club through their uh, preseason games? Yeah, the biggest thing you were wondering about is how are they going to integrate Zion and could they carry over that good vibe, the chemistry right from last year over? Well, I think mm-hmm. the, first, the second one obviously carried over, right? We've seen, yeah. you know, just massive amounts of exuberance in practices, after practices, on the games, on the sidelines, by everybody on the roster. So you feel good about that. And that usually propels talent, right? I've been doing a lot of research about chemistry, and I really believe it's a thing. It really does help teams. And so the Pelicans, they have it. But um, as for Zion, right, he looked really good in his first game against the Bulls, where we were thinking, wow, he's just going to jump right in and start scoring 30 points a game. But as preseason progressed, right, before he injured his ankle, he showed that he's still going to probably need some time, right? The scoring, Mm -hmm. the touch wasn't all there. He struggled from the free throw line a little bit. But I'll tell you what. He looked great athletically, right, moving out there. And that's the biggest key. You want a healthy Zion. If, if he's healthy, he's going to figure it out and figure it out quick because he's just, he's just too good of a player, right? He can just do too many right. things on a course. So I'm not worried whether it takes a couple of games or, you know, maybe a couple of weeks because he's got good teammates around. So he's not going to be relied upon like he was, say, under Stan Van Gundy, where he's got to go right. out there and get you 35 and 10. He can yeah. just ease himself in with like a good 20 points per night for a couple of weeks. And you know what? B.I., C.J., and everybody else is going to pick him up. We've seen in the past, and there's a point to this that I'll get to, um, the beginning of the season. And last year was a nightmare. I mean, they, they were out of the race um, before the first month of the season was up. So getting a good start I think is very, very important for this team um, for a variety of reasons. With that being said, do you think Willie Green keeps his starters in the game longer early on to, to make sure this club gets off to a really good start rather than what happened a year ago? No, I don't think so. And while I completely agree with you, and it's on their mind, they know how they started last year, and they definitely yeah. want to avoid that scenario. But I asked Willie that exact question today after practice. I said, you anticipate on maybe playing, you know, your regular guys, your stars like BICJ, you know, upwards of real starter minutes early on, say the first mm-hmm. week. And he said, no. He thinks he's going to be able to go 10 deep pretty much in every single game. And I think that's music. should be music to everybody's ears. Yeah. Because the way they want to play, first of all, Jordy, is a lot faster than they were last year. 
and we know how much of a grind the NBA season already is. So I think by, you know, spreading the wealth out among players that are capable, right, they can produce positively. And look, Jose Alvarado led one preseason game in scoring, Trey Murphy another, Devontae mm-hmm. Graham shined in the first one. I think you'd be kind of stupid by not utilizing all your weapons. Build yeah. up these guys, because let's face it, they haven't scrimmaged and played the preseason minutes like in the past, right? Pre- preseasons used to last a lot longer, so you could really ramp right. up the minutes. Well, you, NBA teams don't have that luxury anymore. But I think mm-hmm. Willie's smart. He knows that. He doesn't want to rush into anything, push guys too hard. So he's going to use his full roster, and he's smart because they're good players up and down that roster. Does this team have to, when he starts going to the bench, does this team have to have a Brandon Ingram or a Zion Williamson on the court? You can't take them both out at the same time, right? You need you need that scoring ability, so you kind of um, piecemeal it, right? Isn't that, isn't that the expectation? Yeah, and that's what you know. teams that have a lot of talent do, right? They Like I know, for instance, the Warriors for the longest time, right? There was always one of... Curry, Thompson, Green, maybe several other good players along with him on the court at all times. And I fully expect the Pelicans to do the same thing. Will even said as much. I think we can anticipate two of B.I., Zion, as you alluded to, but also Jonas and C.J. out there at all times. So Hmm. they're not going to be without, right, without a guy that you know is just capable. Throw the ball to him. He's going to get something done. He's going to make something happen. And, again, hats off to Willie because, you know, he's just going in the second season, but he understands all these things. So, He's going to take a um, full advantage of every built-in advantage he's got with his team. Um, if they had a sixth man designated, Ooh. who do you think that would be? I don't think one exists right now. I mean, I you, know. Jordy, look, I just rattled off three different leading scores <laughs> for the Pelicans, right. and they all came off the bench, right? Yeah. If I had to guess. I've been thinking that Jose Alvarado might be that guy initially, but I'm not going to discount Trey Murphy. And if Devontae yeah. comes out, you know, out of the gate shooting hot, well, it could be him. But I think in time, I think Trey's going to solidify that role. He just looks so good. He, he looks he like a completely different player than he was last year, even towards the end of last season. He's moving better, right? He, you can tell he's worked hard on his body, but he's doing more things defensively. I watched in the last preseason game, he's making all the right rotations defensively. He wasn't doing that for much of last season. So you add that to that three-point shot, that's one of the best in the league, I think, already. Yeah. Plus he's yeah. added some dribble drive to his game so he can blow by defenders. I'm telling you, I think Trey's in for a big, big season to where he's going to be in some maybe most improved player talk. And that, that, to me, is the key to this season. I know what the other guys do. That's the guy, I think, that needs to step up, that can open up the court for everybody. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights. What did you think of the rookie and his game? Dyson. I absolutely love Dyson. I, that was the guy I wanted the Pelicans to draft. I remember talking with you and everybody you else early on. Yeah. I circled Ben Matherin, Dyson Daniels. Well, yeah. then as we grew closer to that draft uh, day, you knew Matherin wasn't going to be there. He wasn't going to make it. So you had fingers crossed for Dyson, and sure enough, he slipped to the Pelicans. Because, look, the Pelicans, they know what they have in those three stars. So you want to just complement this roster with great talent that's going to fill in all the holes. And Dyson, to me, he's another, honestly, Herb Jones, but with, with, with point guard instincts. He's relentless. I don't know if people watch preseason, but he's just aggressive defensively to where he suffocates, mm-hmm. whether it's a point guard or, or, or say, even a power forward. He's able to guard guys because he's six foot eight. He's got, you know, he's already got an NBA built body, so he can bang with you down low, get your rebounds. He does everything that this team needs. So I think in time, I'm not sure if he'll be in the regular rotation just because of how deep they are, but I think he'll 
crack that regular rotation. Once he does, people will see he's just another gold mine, another gem that fits with B.I. Zion and C.J. You're going to be uh, living with Coach Vincent, um, working on that shot a little bit because you got to yeah. you got to be able to be a threat on the other side, and it's hard to drive that lane each and every day. He's got to work on that outside jump shot. So, um, who are the? We know who the starters are. So we got Murphy, we got Alvarado. Um, who who are the next three in that rotation of ten? Well, I think you have to absolutely include Larry Nance. Don't be surprised yeah. if he's closing out a lot of games. As the Pels play a lot of small ball, especially to finish at the trend today. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, he's healthy. He's excited. He says he hasn't felt like this in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, even when he came over from the Pelicans after his surgery, he said he never got that feeling 100% to where he could jump out of the gym. Well, he said that's back now. And he says, Pelicans fans, you're going to now also see me be able to do more things on the court like passing. So I think he's going to be a guy you see for 25 minutes. But after those three, mm-hmm. Murphy, Alvarado, Nance, I think, like I said, Devontae Graham, I think he's earned – um, at least to look for the first month or two, because he's got that shooting, right? We yeah. know that this team is not, if that's one thing they're lacking, is perimeter shooting, especially from three-point range. That's what Devontae was brought in here for, right? right. Spread the floor right. for Zion and all these guys. So he's going to be given every opportunity to do that. And for your 10th guy, well, it was supposed to be Jackson Hayes, but now I think it's a complete toss-up. So does Willie roll with maybe Dyson? But it's going to be hard to when you've got Najee Marshall and, hey, Billy Hernan Gomez is deserving he's, of backup center men, right? Yes. Coming off a year yes. league MVP. So he's got a wealth of options, and I'm sure he'll alternate some nights. It's not going to be the same 10 we see every night. Mm-hmm. Some nights you're going to have a great night. You're going to be blowing people out. So a Garrett Temple will get in and so forth and so on. Other nights you're going to be getting blown out yourself, and it just happens in that league. Um, you look at Zion, honestly, his you, you see him up close in person in practice. You, you, that he's in his fourth season now. You saw him when he first got there. You see him now. Um, has he lost 30 pounds like his, his chef and trainer say? And th- does he look like he's in the best shape of his life prior to the ankle tweak? Easily. And I'd be, I would go even as far as saying he looks better than he did in his rookie season. He just looks trimmer, quicker. Definitely happier. That's yeah. the biggest thing that stands out to me is demeanor. He's always smiling. He's always playing around with teammates. People say there's a fractured relationship. Jordy, all I see them is they're talking every single day, joking, you name it. So the vibes are great. But, yeah, Zion, his body is, is as good as we've ever seen. Maybe even – it probably parallels Duke, right? I mean, we've seen okay. him um, at what he did at Duke, right, the steals, the blocks. We haven't seen that in an NBA regular season game, not as much, not on a consistent basis. I think that's what's next for him, and we'll get a good look here in the next few weeks. But I think anticipate seeing more of those type of highlights we used to see because now he's got the body for it. It'll be interesting. You, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and I guess Ben Simmons uh, forms that trio against CJ, B.I., and Zion. Um, the, the big question, I guess Herb's going to guard um, – Durant, is that, uh, or who guards Kyrie and vice versa? Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's the million-dollar question. You know, I bet you Willie's going to utilize Herb on starting off on probably Kevin Durant, but don't be surprised mm-hmm. if he switches into Kyrie if he gets hot because Herb yeah. did a lot of uh, – he started guarding a lot of guards, say, midway through the season and on because Pelicans had no way that could really slow down the ball, right, unless Jose Alvarado's out there. CJ is not going to be the guy, you know, Graham can't do it. So 
I wouldn't be surprised if Herb finishes on Kyrie, but then again, who's going to be guarding KD? So it, it, it's a problem, right? That's put, why yeah, everybody I, would like to pick Brooklyn. I'd put Ingram on. I'd put Brandon Ingram on Durant. He's got the length. And if Durant makes shots, nobody's going to stop him. Nobody is going to stop him. So you got to outscore uh, Brooklyn. And I think the Pels now have a team well equipped to outscore Brooklyn. I, I, I'm telling you, they, they got scores, man. They Like like Durant said, they got three guys that can get you 30. He's not kidding. And then, I mean, in preseason, a lot of guys average double figures. They're not going to have issues scoring, even though I know in preseason they didn't take the, you know, set the league on fire with their scoring, right? I think they only topped 120 points one time, but it's going to be there. When you're going to be playing these guys regular minutes and you're going to have some good shooting too out there, I don't see how they don't. But I'll tell you what, I'm so looking forward to the matchups tomorrow because I think you're right about B.I. versus uh, Kevin Durant because I'm pretty certain Kevin Durant's going to be guarding B.I. So it'd be great if you give B.I. the opportunity to stay with K.D. Yeah, it's a great test. You're around this team. Don't you get the sense that they they really, in the in the recesses of their mind and their heart and their soul, they feel like they're a really good team. They got a chance to really do something. Yeah, going back to media day, I've heard from several people, whether it's with management, coaching staff, or players, they think they're a top-four team in the West, and they have been echoing that with uh, how hard they're going in practice and through some of the words, right? They, they don't talk too much to us. But mm-hmm. you get enough um, hints to where you know where their you know their brains are thinking because they keep on telling us your expectations of us is high, but our expectations are even higher. And I've like I said, I've even heard a few say we think we're going to finish in the top four in the West if they stay healthy, Jordy. I honestly yeah. believe there's a good chance they'll do it. I, I'm with you, and that's the big proverbial key: can they stay healthy and can they can they get off to a good start? You don't want to be you know, eight games behind after two weeks or so, right? You just, they got to get off to a good start. Well, I'm excited. We're going to be watching uh, and we're going to be talking throughout this NBA season. And I can't thank you enough because you're, you're terrific at it. And I, and I always appreciate your, your time. I really do. Thank you, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks, Jordy. I love talking yeah. hoops with you, buddy. And tonight yeah. we've got a couple of good games. I'm yeah. going to be cheering for that yeah. Laker first like, loss uh, of the season. <laughs> I like Philly to win tonight, and uh, despite Draymond Green and Jordan, I like um, I don't know, man. That Golden State and the Lakers early on that's that's going to be interesting. But I got to go with Steph and, and and the Warriors. I just those younger legs, you know what I mean? That's where I'm sitting too. Yeah, I think the Warriors. I think it's the Draymond Green incident, right? Punch and pull. I think they're going to put down the rearview mirror by coming yeah. out of the gate strong. And they're going to make that statement against, unfortunately for the Lakers, the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, Lakers. Jeez. Uh, I can't wait to see what Anthony Davis comes up with. And if Russell Westbrook can can possibly fathom coming off the bench to uh, spark the second unit. Uh, that uh, I got to see it to believe it, my friend. But, but there's a lot to talk about down the road. Thank you so much. Enjoy the hoops tonight. And let's go Pels. Let's get after a good start, man. And thank you. Definitely, Jordy. Next week, I hope we're talking about them starting at least two and one, hopefully three and zero. Oh. That would be great and a sellout for the home opener on Sunday. That's pretty cool against a team that's uh, that's have gotten rid of all their assets in the Utah Jazz. It used to be a that used to be a tough, tough team to beat. I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. They're going to be a pushover. We all know that. They're, they're, yeah, Danny Ainge has got his eyes set for one player, and that's Victor Wembanyama. Boy, that dude, jeez. You talk about a player, huh? 
Wow. Wow. Anyway, they just keep getting younger and better. Thank you, Ollie. Have a good one, man. Yep. Thanks, Jordy. All Take right. care. Uh, the Saints will be taking on the Arizona Cardinals this Thursday night. A busy week. And the game will get you ready for the primetime matchup. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh. We'll be broadcasting live from Twin Peaks on Johnson Street from 4 to 6. So come hang out with the fellas. Enjoy the ice-cold beverages and the tasty burgers this Thursday night as the Saints take on the Cardinals. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, and oh, those scenic views. Uh, back to wrap up our number one next. Stay with us. Make sure to join RP3 in the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, this Saturday from 11 till 1 at the Heritage Housing at 3350 North Frontage Road in Jennings. Swing by, register to spin the prize wheel for a chance to score a pair of McNeese football tickets and more prizes. So make sure this Saturday you swing by Heritage Housing in Jennings, CRP3, and swing by the prize wheel so you can score free McNeese football tickets and more. Our number two straight ahead black and gold report with Bob Rose after these messages on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles.